Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Saul goes from under the influence of Satan eager to destroy Christ's followers, to under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The very people he's hunting down to punish and kill, he now eats with, prays with, worships with, and now he's in the temple and the synagogues proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. That is real change. That's what I want in my life. That's what you want in your life. I don't want to live one more day going through the motion. You've probably heard stories of people, horrible people, who were radically changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guards at Nazi death camps, terrorists, abortion doctors, people that in the natural would never have been thought of as candidates for salvation through Christ. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about God's power to change. You'll hear about the Apostle Paul, one of the most radically changed people ever, certainly the most well-known. You'll learn about the ability of God to change anyone, even people that you think that Jesus could never reach. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 9 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, Changed Lives. We taught you that the Celtic Christians had a unique name for the Holy Spirit. They called the Holy Spirit the Wild Goose. That name hints at the mysterious nature of the Wild Goose. Any of you raised around geese on a farm? Who's in control? Uh, Yeah. You say, well, I'm not afraid of that guy. Are you crazy? You never know what the goose is going to do, do you? It's just that way. Well, that's the way the Holy Spirit is. Where did that all come from? Well, it comes from John. Remember this verse? And the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you can't tell where it comes from, where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I contrast that verse with the song that we've been singing. I don't want to go through the motions. You see, many times as Christ followers, we just go through the motions. But the Holy Spirit has come, the wild goose, to interject in our life a different lifestyle, an exciting lifestyle, a lifestyle where I'm no longer in control. You see, unless there's change in my life, Unless I'm open to the freshness of the Spirit, I will become a Kmart instead of a Walmart. Life will pass me by. 
I don't know about you, but if you go into a business that's failing, don't you feel sorry for the people in there in the business? You feel depressed when you walk out. That's the way if you go to England and you go to Europe and you go into the churches, you feel actually depressed because there's no life there anymore. In fact, in England, most of the churches now have changed to mosques. There's one or two percent of the people that are followers of Christ. That place forgot the wild goose. They became used to just dead religion. This wild goose wants to come and stretch our faith. He wants us to bring people to Jesus. Ananias gets up that morning and everything is different. Write one thing, yes or no for me. Yes or no. Here's a statement. Ananias is on a wild goose chase. Are you? Don't look at me. Yes or no. Don't look at your wife or your friends. Yes. Seriously, yes or no. Now, many of you are, and I'm proud of you. You're going beyond your reach. You're stretching. You see, Ananias is going to go to Straight Street, way across town. But some of us are afraid to go across the street. You see, if God says to you, go across the street, invite them. Pastor Mark, I've done that. They're this hard nut that can't come to Christ. We've already talked about that. (laughs) You see, if God impresses you, he's already at work in the heart of that person. That doesn't mean they're going to go, I've been waiting for you to come. I'll come this Sunday. You drop over dead. They have to bring the ambulance to you. Sometimes that will happen. Sometimes we're just what? We're just planting. God's watering. Pastor Mark, God never asked me to do something like that. Oh, he is. Absolutely. But you're not listening. See, another whole teaching. God is always speaking. But are we listening? So many of you are. Thank you. Thank you for being stretched. Thank you for going on this wild goose chase. Thank you for not being, as we said, just sitting, doing nothing, and calling ourselves followers of Christ. No, Ananias is not sitting. He gets up. He goes. He becomes a Christ follower. As we taught you, he is a coward no more. He's going to walk into uncharted territory. He's going to meet Saul. He is under... The influence of the Holy Spirit. He's being chiseled. That's where the excitement in life comes. Understand that God wants to use you to change our world. Now, how does it look? Verse 17 says this, And Ananias went to the house and entered it. And placing his hands on Saul, he said... I don't have any clue why I'm here to put my hands on a murderer, a criminal, a violent, angry, evil man. Is that what he says? No. He says this. Brother Saul. Amazing. That must have been an incredible encouragement to Saul. See, Saul's blind. He can't see anything. He knows the guy's coming. And the next thing he feels is, A pair of hands on him. Not like this. But like this. Do you think he could feel the love through the hands? Mm -hmm. You see, this personal touch from Ananias says to Saul, he knows I'm changed. He knows I'm real. 
He knows I'm one of them. This personal touch also says this. It reminds us something very important. We don't do life alone. God never designed you to do life alone. We're a family. We don't do life alone. And that relates to one of our five C's, the core commitments that we have here at Calvary. It says simply this, connect to others in personal, vibrant relationships. Let me challenge it and ask you, are you connected? Do you have somebody that could call you brother or sister? Now, we don't use that term, so don't, that's, that's a 70s term. Don't go, hi, brother Balmer, how are you? Forget that, but yeah, we just use modern stuff. But in those days, that was significant. Are you connected? Oh, Pastor Mark, I'm one of them people. I don't want anybody touching me. <laughs> Get over it. Kmart. Get over it. <laughs> you know, when you're hurting, when you've lost a loved one, when the C word comes from the doctor, to have somebody come, Another guy, if you're a guy, another gal, if you're a gal. Put their arm around you, pray for you. That's indescribable. You say, Pastor Mark, I've never experienced that. I don't think I'll need to. Oh, you will. Get connected. Somebody emailed me not long ago. She said, I don't remember all the specifics. But she said, Pastor Mark, I've been coming here about five years. And I got tired of you saying, get in the group, get in the small group, get in the small group, get connected. That's the way she put it in the email. <laughs> and then she said, I did after five years. And I wish I'd listened to you the first time I heard it. See, I can't say to you any more than I'm just saying. By the way, if nothing... You're responsible. Make the change. Get into a small group. Well, this happens, and this brings great assurance. And he says to Paul, I'm here for two reasons. One, to open your blind eyes. You see, formerly Saul physically could see, but he was spiritually blind. Now, he was spiritually at eyes to see, but he was physically blind. The healing took place. And then he says, I'm also here to ask God to fill you. Notice the verse. To fill you with the Holy Spirit. Now, why would Paul need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? See, Paul would need more than his former zeal. He's a guy with great zeal to fulfill God's plan. Paul would need more than his religious education. He was brilliant in the word to fulfill God's plan. Paul would need more than his cultural background to fulfill God's plan. You see, Paul would need the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Let me give you a little quick quiz. I'll do all the answering. See if you can follow me. We've been studying about coming under his influence. The Holy Spirit, who is the third person in the Trinity, has three relationships with every person. First relationship, he comes to convict us. He comes alongside of us. You see, on the road to Damascus, way before Paul gets there, God has been convicting the Apostle Paul saw one of the things he used was Stephen's death. Stephen was martyred. Paul was holding the clothes of this young man. Paul could never get out of his mind 
what Stephen said as he was being stoned to death. Father, don't hold what they're doing against them. Saul could never get that out of his mind. See, sometimes a loving touch from you, a loving word when it's not, doesn't even look like it's called for, the unbeliever can't get out of their mind. So we're always being convicted. Some of you here are being convicted right now. The whole service you've been convicted. Because you know if you died immediately, you're afraid you don't know where you're going. You need to know. Well, the second thing is, the next step is the Holy Spirit, when, when we ask God to come into our life, we're changed, we're converted. That change we've been talking about. That's when the Holy Spirit indwells us. He comes to live in us. When did that happen for the Apostle Paul? When did the Holy Spirit come into him? He came into him on the road to Damascus. How do I know? Because Paul says, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's under the influence of God. Well, now let's think about that. Paul's convicted. Paul's saved. He's converted. The Holy Spirit comes in him. Why does he need to be filled with the Spirit? That's the third role. You see, you and I, he's going to preach to kings to Gentiles and to Jews all over the world. He's going to write a majority of the New Testament. How can he do that? Not in himself. He has to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's the third role, empowered. That's exactly what happens in this situation. So I want you to write this to remind you that you and I cannot accomplish what God wants for us unless we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to fulfill God's plan, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, Who's the one in Ephesians 5 that writes this? If you're going to be filled, you're going to have to continue to be filled over and over and over again because we leave. That's the apostle Paul. Paul is the one that writes in Galatians 3. If you've begun in the spirit, now you're going to try to do what you've done in the flesh. Let me challenge you. This is just a challenge, a loving challenge. Those of you that have been Christians 20, 30, 40 years, having begun in the spirit, You're going to complete it with your wisdom and your knowledge and all your experience? Not a chance. Be filled today. Admit your need of him. The more I go through this series, the more I get up earlier. The more I'm asking God to change me. You see, I've been at this 60 years. I can't do what God's called me to do unless I'm filled every day single day. And God wants to fill me. Be filled with the Spirit. So Paul, his hands are placed on him. He's filled with the Spirit of God. Look at verse 18. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength and Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. What happened? Saul's healed. He gets some food, some water, and then what does he do? He gets baptized in water. Now, why? Because it's a commandment. You see, Paul had been baptized many times before as a Jew because the mikvahs, the little baths, were ceremonial baths. We see them all over Israel when we go there. In Jerusalem, we'll see one near the southern steps. They would go and be bathed before they could walk into the temple. For instance, in the Old Testament, you guys had all had a bath before you came in here. Now, I hope you had one at already at home, but you would have had a bath on the premises. Kind of get clean before you can come in. Well, water baptism 
is simply to identify what's already taken place in your life. It's not salvation. It's just to say to the world, by the way, who does he have to convince that he's really changed? All these Jewish Christians that are going, who, what? Can you imagine when this began to take place, if we had Facebook in those days? The Twittering, you'd have gone over your account for Twittering, man. You'd be emailing everybody. Look who's coming. I saw, I saw, Saul's getting baptized in water. Ananias is there. He's praying for him. The spirit came up. Man, it's going all over the place. Because they know he's really real. Some of you have changed. Some of you have been converted. But you've never really been converted. Oh, you've been water baptized. But you've never followed through with it. We would call you a false convert. We would call you somebody that has a certificate, but no life change. Notice there's change. It's not an event. It is simply a lifestyle. Verse 20. What's the next thing he does after he's water baptized? This is amazing to me. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues. What? That Jesus is the Son of God. This is a picture of true conversion. Paul is now on his own wild goose chase. He's under the influence. He's sharing a bold message. The message that the wild goose always gives us. That Jesus is alive. He's the son of God. He is the only way to God. You see, once converted and forgiven, Saul was not content to keep this newfound freedom to himself. He had to tell the world. That's what comes from being filled with the Spirit. Peter and John say, we can't keep silent. Write this down and pray about that this week. The good news is too good to keep to ourselves. You see, somebody didn't keep it. They gave it to you. That's why we want to be challenged, and so many of you are doing it. I'm proud of you. I congratulate you. You're getting out of your comfort zone. You're on this wild goose chase. It's an amazing thing that happened. Look at verse 21. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, Whoa, wait a minute here now. Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among all those who called in his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Understand, they're a little nervous. Why? In less than one week, Saul goes from under the influence of Satan, eager to destroy Christ's followers, to under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The very people he's hunting down to punish and kill, he now eats with, prays with, worships with, and now he's in the temple and the synagogues proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. That is real change. That's what I want in my life. That's what you want in your life. I don't want to live one more day going through the motions. Are you a Christ follower? Yeah, Pastor. I got it on my wrist right here. Get it off your wrist. Get it in your heart. Get it to your feet. Get it to your mouth. And take it to the world for Jesus Christ. That's the only way our world's going to change. And you're doing that. You're doing that. I'm proud of you. But don't stop. Pastor Mark, how many more weeks of this series? Because when it's over, hallelujah. I don't like this wild goose chase. Let me give you a little clue. This will never stop. Because that's why the Holy Spirit fills us. Hallelujah. 
You see, all of a sudden, we see a supernatural change. How do I know it's supernatural? Jesus says it like this, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. No one. So when you come to Christ, there has to be a real change. Becoming a Christ follower is not an event. It's a lifestyle. Immediately he goes to preach. Well, look at verse 22. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful. He didn't ever stop growing. He grew more and more powerful. And he baffled the Jews living in Damascus by what? Proving that Jesus is the Christ. You see, we're all about Jesus. We're not about Calvary Chapel. We're about Jesus. Now, how can that have happened? How can this lifestyle have happened? Because there's nothing impossible with God. There's no life too difficult to change. Sitting around you in this building are thousands of people. Their life has never changed until they came to the knowledge that Jesus Christ wanted them. What does that knowledge look like? Here's a verse I want us to think on. Look at this verse from John. You don't need to write it down. Jesus says this. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I chose you not just for salvation, not just so you can get into heaven, but I chose you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Every person that becomes a Christian, you need to understand this verse. Look at it again. Pastor Mark, I remember the day I chose Jesus Christ. No, you didn't seek God out. The Bible says, I can't come to him unless the Spirit draws me. See, the first move is always made by God. That's why Saul, for those three days, probably said this, God, of all people, you came and apprehended me? I'm so grateful. Don't take your conversion lightly. Well, when God got me, he really got somebody good. Of all people, you know that's not true. I know that's not true. But for the grace of God, we're all failures headed to hell. But God chose you. How many people does he choose? Everyone. The Bible says it like this. It's his will that none perish. It says this in John 3.16. He came that the world might be saved. Christ follower... Get on the wild goose. You're going to have to put stuff aside. Well, I got my own agenda, God. I got my own agenda. I got to keep my house safe here and this safe and this safe. Forget the word safe. Get on the wild goose chase. Well, I don't know how it's going to look. Ananias is going to this house probably like this. Okay, there's a He doesn't know, but God's spoken to him. Let's get out of our comfort zone and get into the spirit zone and let the spirit guide us and direct us. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the Holy Spirit. You learned that the Celtic Christian's name for the Holy Spirit was the wild goose. You found out that wild geese behave unpredictably and that this is a good description of the Holy Spirit's behavior in your life. You were reminded that despite this unpredictability, that the Holy Spirit wants the best for your life. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this finishes off Pastor Mark's teaching, Under His Influence, Changed Lives. Next time, he'll begin his message, Under His Influence, Yes, Lord. You'll learn the importance of obedience to God through the Holy Spirit. You'll hear about what happened when the early church said no to one of Jesus' last commands and what God had to do to get them to obey. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.